Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome back here Rick Lake, co-founder of Lake Partners. They specialize in alternative investments. He speaks to us from their headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Rick, thank you for joining us today, and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Well, thank you for the opportunity to join you. So, Rick, uh, you manage the Lasso Long Short Strategic Opportunities Portfolio of alternative mutual funds, and you have lots of... Uh, SMAs, um, separately managed accounts that use mutual funds and ETFs, all focused on alternative investments. You were a very early pioneer in alternative investing. In fact, you started about 20 years ago, which was long before I I think the term was even uh, created. And you are a common and uh, frequent speaker and panel chair at various conferences, including the Alternatives Conference this last week there in New York, and you managed to graduate from Harvard. So give us a brief background of yours. I understand the, the, the state of Texas even played a role there. Yeah, indeed. Uh, background uh, on the firm, uh, Lake Partners was founded 29 years ago by my brother and I, uh, focused on alternative investments, and we have helped institutional and private investors build programs, investment programs, using alternatives or integrating alternatives with traditional assets. And then 20 years ago, we began applying our institutional alternative investment research to what was then the new world of alternative mutual funds. And uh, we began running our lasso, long and short strategic opportunity strategy. Uh, It'll celebrate its 20th anniversary on New Year's Eve coming up. Uh, and it's available uh, in a uh, mutual fund. And most recently, we created a alternative ETF portfolio, which we believe brings low-cost diversification. We see it as the democratization of risk management uh, with user-friendly, lower-cost ETFs. So, Rick, let me ask, um, earlier this week, um, the alternative conference there in New York... uh, was on. You were the co-chair and responsible for the content. Give us a takeaway or two from the conference, will you? Well, the conference began with a discussion of rising volatility and rising rates. And the biggest takeaway is we're heading into a new, more risky investment environment as uh, financial markets normalize and central banks start raising rates and uh, allowing markets to Uh, fend for themselves. So amidst a world of rising risk and rising rates, investors will need ways to stabilize their portfolios. And the day was a tour of alternative strategies which seek to do that, which seek to provide a smoother ride when combined with traditional assets. You know, it's interesting because uh, here uh, for the past few years, we've had nothing but uh, rising equities market. 
And everybody has said in the alternatives world, well, the biggest challenge for us is everybody thinks they can just buy an index fund and it's going to rise forever and it has uh, low risk and low charges and uh, low fees and they don't need these alternative investments. So I'm sure that the crowd there on this alternative conference was actually very pleased to hear that uh, they need to hopefully uh, put to work many of these strategies that they have been trying to talk people into for some time. Was that the case? Yeah, well, they, they were pleased to hear about it, and there were many professional allocators who were looking for the latest research and guidance as to how to build better portfolios moving forward. You were coming off this wonderful period for traditional assets, and it was driven by central banks lowering interest rates, buying securities worldwide, and driving the prices of stocks and bonds up and driving volatility down. Well, we all know the Fed started raising rates, and a number of central banks worldwide are no longer buying securities. And we saw what that means uh, after January 26th, with market declines and volatility popping up and rates moving upwards. This is really just back to normal. It's a bit of a shock after a very quiet period where it was easy to make money. And now we're back to the good old days of hard work and uh, uh, looking over your shoulder to make sure your portfolio is protected. Yeah, no, no question about that. So tell us about uh, alternatives. Why are you in the alternative industry? Well, Lake Partners is in the alternative industry because we find it fascinating. It's about looking at different types of investments across asset classes around the world run by investors doing absolutely fascinating work. That's what brought us to alternatives. And uh, the service we provide is finding different sources of risk and return for investors. And uh, it's a never-ending journey. There's always a challenge. There's always something new to learn. And that's what keeps us focused every day. I, I, I hear you and uh, agree. And that was an excellent description of um, why alternative investing is becoming more popular and why it's, uh, it's used and, and, and evaluated by so many of us uh, repeatedly here. So what, what misperceptions do you see by investors and advisors in the alternative investment space? Well, there's a number of misperceptions. Uh, the most recent misperception uh, you mentioned already, uh, you know, people felt stocks and bonds were going easy and going great, and why do anything else? Well, well, that short period in history is coming to an end. Another misperception might be uh, optimistic expectations. You know, some investors think the ideal alternative will give them benefits no matter what happens. So they may say to themselves, well, if the markets go down, the hedging and short selling in my alt will go up in value. Or they might say, if the markets move sideways, uh, these you know, alts managers, these sharp alts managers will find ways to make more money, even in a flat or choppy environment. And then when markets go up, uh, that alts manager better participate, too. <laughs> so I think there's a, uh optimistic, overly optimistic expectation that uh, uh, the uh, investors will receive something great no matter what happens in the world. But different alts uh, serve different roles and uh, do different things, and it's really a question about blending them and not finding some magic bullet. And so the lasso fund, tell us a little bit here. Uh, does it focus only on equities? Does it also include uh, uh, 
uh, uh, credit and fixed income alternatives? Uh, does it include real estate, uh, tactical strategies? Uh, basically, what what is it? Is it multiple managers of a, a couple dozen or four? Tell us about it. Uh, sure. So the Lasso portfolio uh, includes the spectrum of strategies available in alternative mutual funds. And that encompasses long-short equity, uh, alternative uh, fixed income, uh, arbitrage strategies, uh, option strategies, currencies and commodities, and a variety of macro strategies. Uh, So it's really the entire uh, universe of long-short alternative strategies and assets uh, put together in one portfolio. You know, there's an interesting history to alternatives uh, in America. Alternative mutual funds are actually the result of bipartisan cooperation in Congress. You know, that's not a term that that we hear much uh, related to Congress. How how did it happen? And it must have been a long time ago. Well, uh, it it was a long time ago. (laughs) It was the summer of 1997. And there was a fellow named John Kasich, who was chairman of the House Budget Committee. Know him well. I love John Kasich. Uh, good, good Ohioan here. A good Ohioan. And uh, he came up with legislation. And uh, as a good Republican, he worked with a good Democrat, Bill Clinton, who was president at the time, to make this happen. And they updated the tax code uh, and how it affected mutual funds so mutual fund managers could manage risk. The congressional hearings actually said, this is, this is Congress talking, it would be better for investors if they had tools to manage risk. The goal of Congress was the democratization of risk management. So they passed legislation which gave mutual funds more freedom via the tax code, of course, in the summer of 97. It took effect at the beginning of 98. And in 1998, We saw the few mutual funds that used risk management strategies able to use them comprehensively, and we saw the rollout of the first ever dedicated long-short mutual funds. And here it is almost 20 years later, and uh, the universe of alternative mutual funds and ETFs is pushing 1,000 now, 1,000 different types of funds that can be used to manage all sorts of types of risk or access all sorts of different returns, unlike direct long-only stock and bond investing. Well, very interesting. Would we say that uh, alternatives are an unintended consequence of uh, that relationship and their efforts, or is that did they really uh, was it a visionary for them to see that, and is did this growth into that area uh, come directly out of that uh, on purpose? Well, it was visionary. It was a public policy uh, insight, and it actually took a while for it to catch on. You know, for years after the legislation passed, uh, we saw very few or uh, only a a number here and there every year of of these innovative uh, alternative mutual funds come about, and it really took off uh, after the financial crisis when people were looking for ways to navigate the markets. So it took a while for the uh, innovation to kick in, but the the original tent uh, eventually came to pass. Well, that's very interesting. That's the first time I've heard that. Rick, really appreciate you sharing that with us. So so back to uh, the, the challenges of talking to people about lasso and other and various types of alternative investments. What, uh, what are the major objections that you run into, and how do you seek to counter those? 
Well, one of the objections is uh, there are easier ways to manage risk. And in the, in the past year or two or three, there, there was an easy way to manage risk. Uh, you know, thanks to low inflation and central banks, uh, bonds and stocks were negatively correlated, which meant that they'd be going in opposite directions. So when stocks uh, uh, hit their occasional pothole, uh, bonds would uh, go up in value. But uh, that stopped happening this year. So investors are going to need uh, other sources to manage risk. And if we're heading into a higher interest rate, higher inflation environment, that's typically when we see stocks go down because bonds are going down. It's, it's almost reminiscent of uh, you know, the 1980s when there was a lot of inflation and Volcker was chairman of the Fed and um, he would beat up on bonds uh, pretty frequently to keep inflation under control. And bonds and stocks were both under pressure. And so for you know, other reasons, we're heading into another one of these challenging environments. Uh, so uh, investors had an easy time finding easy ways to manage risk, and now they're going to have to uh, uh, do a little bit of extra work uh, to manage risk. You know, another objection we often hear is about the cost of alternatives, because it takes uh, bigger teams and deeper resources to run these long-short strategies. Right. And uh, also, uh, the alternative mutual funds have to report as a separate line item all the portfolio expenses related to hedging. Uh, it, it, it's a bit of an anomaly. It's like having to add your mortgage interest to the price of your house. But uh, you know, such is the nature of the, uh, the regulatory uh, uh, disclosure requirements. But uh, even the cost of liquid alternatives are coming down. And uh, we see that most dramatically in this new generation of alternative ETFs, uh, which is only a couple of years old. And uh, many of them come in at half the price of alternative mutual funds. So alternative mutual funds are a bargain compared to the original hedge fund world. And now alternative ETFs offer a lower cost way to access alternative strategies. And that's why we created our Lasso Spectrum uh, Alternative ETF Portfolio. So explain the, the name Lasso, will you? Because I originally was uh, uh, was misled or misunderstood its its name here. It's actually an acronym. It's an acronym. It's an acronym for Long and Short Strategic Opportunities. And it was actually inspired by uh, where I began my career, which is in the great state of Texas. Uh, my brother and I, the co-portfolio managers of the Lasso Strategy, used to go to a nice family rodeo outside of Houston. And that inspired us to come up with the Lasso name. I mean, we're New Englanders, but there's something irresistible about that Lasso image. I, I'm sure it is. So, so tell us, who are the clients of your strategies, and uh, why do they invest uh, with you folks? There's a, a, a number of types of clients. There's a, a number of professional investors. Uh, which include uh, advisors, uh, independent RIAs, uh, some major brokerage firms. Uh, we've also worked with institutional clients, retirement plans, looking for ways to diversify their portfolios, and individual investors who are looking for something to complement uh, their traditional assets. So it's a very eclectic client base. It, it sounds like it. And again, you use uh, about how many mutual funds? Let's take the, the mutual fund long-short opportunities. Uh, yeah, sure. So in our original Lasso portfolio, uh, we use 15 to 20 alternative mutual funds. 
We're also using a, a small number of ETFs uh, in that group to complement it. And that's the type of portfolio you'll see in the Lasso strategy, whether it's a separate account or in a mutual fund format. So let's step back for just a minute here, Rick. Uh, what would you say is the best advice that you ever heard, read, or received about investing? The best advice I ever heard was don't lose money because it's too hard to make it back. And the best formula I've ever seen, because uh, all, all these investment people love formulas, is a classic simple formula which proves why you shouldn't lose money. And it basically says that compound returns equal average returns minus the cost of risk. Because if you put negative numbers in a return stream, they can be pretty corrosive, because neg- negative numbers are, are, are actually uh, big. And depending how you look at it, a negative number can be bigger than a positive number. So if an investor, sadly, is, is, goes down 50%, they have to go up 100% to get even. Right. So that negative number has a big impact. And in the financial crisis, the stock market went down 55% or so, which means it had to go up about 124% or so to get even. Yeah. So the moral of the story is don't lose money. Appreciate that. So a question we'd like to ask all of our guests, Rick, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? Well, besides the tree banging on the window and the wind, it's thoughts of what could be the unexpected investment risks in the world and how will it affect all of us. And sometimes it's uh, it's hard to go through that checklist of possible risks. You know, some... Uh, you can hear about on the news as to what might go bump in the world, and others, uh, you know, are just those unknowns, unknowns that can come, uh, you know, unexpectedly into the environment and uh, make you work harder. You know, it's like the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think uh, uh, the more experience one gets, uh, the more one becomes aware of that fact. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. So, So tell us, the other question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Uh, well, I could pull out the whole library, but uh, if I have to pick one, there's a classic book called Against the Gods, The Remarkable Story of Risk, written by the late, great Peter Bernstein. And it goes through uh, uh, humankind's discovery of risk and how to quantify it. You know, there was there was a time when every day it was uh, it was a lucky draw, and uh, it was uh, thousands of years before uh, folks started figuring out. Well, maybe we better calculate probabilities and understand risk a little better. It's 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 a great story uh, that Peter Bernstein wrote. Uh, it's a great history and also has a lot of practical uh, points which can be put to work by any investor. You know, Rick, uh, that book has been recommended more than once in the 300-plus times we've asked that question. So obviously uh, it has had a great impact on many people, and uh, we really appreciate you recommending that. I've read uh, another book by Peter Bernstein, and he certainly knows what, what he is talking about here. Absolutely. So tell us, uh, give us your website uh, and uh, contact information for anyone who would like to know more. Well, you can find us at lakelasso.com. L-A-K-E being the uh, name of the founders of the firm, and Lasso, L-A-S-S-O, being our top strategy. So LakeLasso.com. Okay, and uh, final words for our listeners. 
Final words for listeners. Well, it's time for some very thoughtful investing in a world that's about to change very dramatically. That was as straightforward and direct and accurate as it can get, especially for a show on alternative investments here, Rick. So that was superb. Thank you very much. And I hope that all of our listeners recognize that because uh, we can all see that uh, the the world of investing is uh, about to change. We don't know how fast and how far, but uh, the word risk is certainly going to be in more people's vocabulary than it has been in the past. So, Rick, thank you very much for joining us and our best wishes to you and to Lake Partners for Lasso and all of your separately managed accounts and other works uh, working with your investors in the alternative investment area. Appreciate you being with us today. Appreciate being here. Again, we've been talking with Rick Lake, co-founder of Lake Partners. They specialize in alternative investments. They're out of Stamford, Connecticut. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. We're at info at strategicinvestorradio.com, and you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you all an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. Thank you.